Games, and welcome to another exciting episode of One Shot. I'm James D'Amato, your Game Master. This week, we're going to be playing Red Markets with our friends from role-playing public radio, Ross Payton and Caleb Stokes. For those not in the know, Red Markets is a project that Caleb Stokes of role-playing public radio has been working on for years. It's a zombie apocalypse-based role-playing game, but I don't want you to think it's just another zombie or apocalypse game. Red Markets is a satirical teardown of economic philosophy and politics nested in a survival-driven role-playing game. No one describes the setting for Red Markets better than Caleb himself, so I'll leave you to discover that when the episode starts. But I do want to praise the wonderful elements of the system that I don't think Caleb is quite egotistical enough to brag about. Red Markets features the best of what the OSR design philosophy has to offer. Red Markets has a simple and elegant foundation that builds out several crunch-heavy elements that help you manage your resources. And every single one of those drives the story. If you're a fan of One Shot, you know I love rules light and story driven games. Red Markets is a perfect example of why crunchy gaming works. I encourage everyone to check it out, and I really hope you enjoy the episode. Before we get to this week's episode, I'd like to thank our backers on Patreon. Adam Navaran Everett. Thank, thank you. you. Eric, thank you. Thanks, Eric. Grant McHeron, thank you. No, Ross Protagonist, thank you. No way. Is that a surname? Uh, it's not because we can see it in his Gmail account right next oh. to it, but we're not going to tell people what his last name is. Right, right. What a great... Ugh, God, if that's a surname. Somebody have that as a surname. Robin King, thank you. Lee Elliott, thank you. Stephen Flagg Jr. Do you think that's you. Lee or Leia? I think it's Lee. Yeah, I think it's Lee. I Lee Elliott, Lee. thank you. Stephen Flagg Jr., thank you. Thanks, Jr. Josh, Josh Trujillo, thank you. Sean Leslie, thank you. Scott Stefanski, thank you. Stott, Scott Stefanski, thank you. Mm. Chip McFriendly. Are you sure there shouldn't be an extra R Okay, in there? Chip McFriendly, thank you. <laughs> Adriano Veroli Piazza, thank you. Thank you. Thanks again to all of our backers on Patreon. You make what we do here possible. And thanks to our backers on Patreon, One Shot is now on Twitch, and you can see more of us this Thursday. Head over to twitch.tv slash oneshotrpg Thursday night at 8 p.m. Central Time to enjoy us playing board and role-playing games. This week, I believe we're going to be playing Protocol. And if you're not able to catch the stream, don't worry. All of our previous streams are uploaded to our YouTube account. Both the Twitch stream and YouTube will be linked in the show notes. And with all that out of the way, let's get to this week's Kickstarter game, Red Markets. All right, heroes, let's meet our party for this week. First up, a familiar voice to you all, Tyler Davis. Welcome back to the show. Hey, James. I am glad to be back. We're so happy to have you. We are playing Red Markets this week, which is, God, I would say zombie apocalypse is a genre, but like there's so much more to it than that. There's like this satirical economic element to it. It's a lot of fun. I'm going to say, Tyler, if you were in a zombie apocalypse... How long would you give yourself? How long would I give myself? Yeah. I'd say that I would last six months. Six months. Hey, that's, um, that's not bad. It's, I don't think it's bad. I think that I have enough like wherewithal to like stay calm in the initial first panic, maybe to stockpile what I need, and then just like lie low. I feel like what will kill me is when I eventually run out of food and I have to start going out and then risk uh, encountering other people because people would probably overpower me because people are larger than me. I'm looking at one. Hey, hey Kropa. <laughs> You'd kill me. <laughs> yes. That, that murderous uh, yes, voice you're hearing is uh, Stephen Kropa, who is also familiar to you. Mm -hmm. Stephen, welcome back. Hey, thank you for having me back. Uh, we're so happy to have you. Uh, same question to you. Zombie Apocalypse, how long do you give yourself? Longer than six months. <laughs> wow. Uh, six months in a day. I think... <laughs> I honestly think I would last... Till we find what the new society would be. Really? Yeah. Why? Why are you so confident? I have no qualms. I I think once it, you I got no qualms. <laughs> with I murder people all the time. I think. Well, I think I am. I'm a very logical mind, so I'm like, okay, once someone's a zombie, a zombie, I wouldn't have any of that. Like, but it's my mother. No, nope, but if she got bit or whatever, she's going out. I like that Kermit um, the Frog yeah. cares about his mother. <laughs> yeah. Um. 
uh, and I would, I, I think I would just get to go into a group and be like, hey, if nobody wants else to kill the children, I will, I'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you'll be the guy so, that we call to make the hard decisions. Right, right, right. I think I have that. Oh, and also, we, yeah. We, Guys, we gotta have a kid killer. Mm-hmm. If we're gonna, <laughs> oh, no. we need a kid killer. We gotta Sorry, take him. Did someone say killing children? <laughs> <Ba-ba-da-ba>. <laughs> yes. I- do, do you know how to build a fire? Mm-hmm. I know oh. how to build a fire. All right. I know how to train dogs, and he knows how uh, to throw those kids. Uh, in that <laughs> <fire>. <laughs> take that out. Take that yeah. one out. I've gone camping. <laughs> All right. All right. We got a man who's got kicked. So you're you're into the dura- duration. Uh we're going to move on to uh one of our special guests for this week. Uh joining us from the Role Playing Public Radio Podcasting Network. We have Ross Payton. Ross, welcome to the show. Yeah, it's Ross Payton with Role Playing Public Radio. Uh sorry. I can't <laughs> not do that. Uh It's a good it's... bit, man. So <laughs> yeah. nice. I got to protect the brand. <laughs> so, you know, that's what it's all about. But yeah, I'm here. Uh, I'm here to play Red Markets. Um, all right, Ross, I'm going to ask you the same question everybody else got. Okay. Uh, zombie Apocalypse, how long do you give yourself? It, it, well, hope and expectations are a different thing. I hope I'm patient zero because that's how you become truly immortal. You're you're written in textbooks, you know, like it's this asshole. You know, we don't know why he licked that. We traced it all yeah. the way back to him. <laughs> yeah. We don't know why he licked all those, you know, gravestones. <laughs> but... Uh, <laughs> That's what does it. Yeah, it's uh, it's him. Blame him, uh, and at least I'll be famous then. Uh, but expectation wise, uh, I'm probably yeah I'll, I'll maybe a week, and then I venture out after all the you know soup runs out in my house, and uh, probably get shot by somebody being mistaken for a zombie. Oh God, he's so pale, and he's he must be a zombie. You know, I'm like oh well. Sub question. Yeah. What's your stance on killing children? Yeah. Where, where do you where do you fall on that? Zombie spectrum? children. Zombie children. Well, zombie children are creepy as hell. I mean, it's like yeah. I mean, uh, or normal children wearing clown masks. I mean, they're about the same. I think. Uh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Stephen and Ross, you two wandering the zombie apocalypse together, mm-hmm. come upon a tiny like fortress. Full of human children, mm-hmm. and they uh, just attack all intruders. They've got they've got like all lo- weeks worth of food. Lord uh-huh. of the Flies uh, up in there. Yeah, Lord of the Flies. Yeah. To, to, what what do you guys do? Have you read Lord of the Flies? That's what <laughs> I would do. <laughs> I would teach them. Uh, I would teach half of them to play D and D, and half of them to play <laughs> Pathfinder, and let them kill each other through the. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> so I think that's. I think I need. I think I need to rewrite life, the game now. You know. It's a zombie apocalypse where you kill human children. What? No, you heard me. <laughs> <laughs> it's what everyone wants to do. <laughs> Make them fight it's, each other. Yeah. It's the zombie apocalypse. It's just a backdrop. <laughs> Every right. session is about having to kill human yes. children. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, that voice was was the was the person who created the game that we're about to play this week. Also from the role playing public radio podcasting network, that is Caleb Stokes. Hello, thank you for having me on. Uh, thank you so much for joining us, Caleb. Uh, before we get into talking about red markets, I, in fairness, have to pose the same question to you: Zombie apocalypse. How long do you give yourself? I had Cool Ranch Doritos for dinner, so if there's fast zombies, I'm not going to make it. Uh, anything involving cardio. I'm right out. Right, right. Uh, if it's slow zombies, though, I live in the Ozarks, where even our kindergarten teachers have ankle holsters, so I might not know a zombie apocalypse happened. Uh, like, did you hear the gunfire? Yeah, so? There were zombies everywhere. Oh, really? I haven't checked the news today. Uh, yeah, that's probably how it would go down if there were slow zombies. All right, we're going to be moving on to actually describing the game. Caleb, your game is Red Markets. Uh, introduce the audience to it for us. Uh, well, Red Markets is a game of economic horror where the world has ended, but the rent is still due. Uh, it's a zombie apocalypse, as you would be expecting from a zombie game, but it is unevenly distributed, meaning that there are places that still have craft beer festivals and nine-to-five workplaces and commutes, and everything is safe and walled off from the undead. And the reason those people are fine is because they left you behind. Uh, and there are big sections of the world that have been abandoned to... Uh, the the blight as it is called um and you live in those places and you had about three years where canned food was still good and you had about four years where mres still worked and medicine made it to about five years but uh everything's pretty much expired and you're gonna die soon uh (laughs) except that all those people over in the nice place called the recession uh want to 
make bank for when they take back the world. So they want uh, deeds. They want a credit card debt recovered. They want to know who died and who didn't die so they can do inheritance and taxes. And you got a powerful need to eat and not be uh, consumed by the living dead. So uh, they'll give you bullets and food and water and stuff if you will go basically uh, feast off the financial carrion of their old civilization so they can kind of gold rush back when they retake the world. So in the in red markets, you play takers, uh, and you are people not content for the government to get around coming to save you. Uh, you want to earn enough by doing jobs for these people that you can buy your way into the recession. recession. You can buy your way out of the zombie apocalypse, basically. So you're migrant workers, only the foreign land in which you work with is un- run by undead. Uh, so you kill zombies for money. And we are not part of the nicer civilization because we can't be. Uh, what, what, what's preventing somebody like us from going into the recession? In the game, uh, the blight starts off uh, with a live strain. The zombie virus itself is undead. And the live strain is your fast, hemorrhagic, uh, 28 days later zombie. Mm-hmm. You know, you're sprinting, tool-using cannibal uh, that is going to end civilization real fast. Uh, but being jacked up on PCP and eating people isn't great for your health, so eventually the body does die, but then it becomes uh, the undead stage in which uh, it forms a parasitic nervous system, basically puppets your corpse around, and then you get your typical Romero zombies. Uh, so the the recession governments aren't too concerned about the Romero zombies. They can clean those out as long as they have enough bullets and logistics, mm. uh, but they are concerned that if you get bitten by one of those, you become... Uh, sprinting, infected in seconds, vector for infection. So everyone who's over the line when they close the border is declared homo secor, which is the ultimate form of civil death, something that would be declared of like pirates or something, uh, in which case you are legally dead even if you're not dead yet. Uh, If you were caught over the line, there's no reason to come get you because they're not going to let you over the border. They're not going to let you own a job. They're not going to let you have rights. People can kill you with impunity. There's no reason to go back for grandma. Grandma's dead even if she's not dead yet. Mm -hmm. Uh, she's She's no longer regarded as a human being by the state because they are so concerned about maintaining the quarantine. But the cool part about being legally dead is that you can't do anything illegal uh, because you're already dead. So that's the place that takers occupy. Uh, A red market is a black market so illegal that there actually haven't been laws made against it yet. Uh, (laughs) So that's that's what's called a red market. Uh, Yeah, that's what takers occupy. Uh, They are declared legally dead, and as everyone pretends they don't exist because it's easier for them psychologically and safety-wise. But you know what? If you get enough money, they'll look the other way while you walk through the gate. So basically, you're trying to earn your retirement plan uh, by being crazy enough to go over the fence of your enclave, your survivor civilization, and, you know, do the jobs out in the very dangerous parts of the loss, which is what everything sacrificed to the dead is called, as if written off for a loss. All right. Well, with that, I think we've got the information that we need to get started. Uh, so you want to introduce your characters first? I'm not sure how you... I guess I'll start us off. I will be playing Loman, who is a 48-year-old business type. If you were to look at his closet, much like a cartoon character, you'd see a bunch of scruffy, similar-looking suits uh, that he wears <laughs> day in and day out. He does not look like the type who would be venturing off into the zombie apocalypse. He's got a little bit of paunch. He definitely tries to keep himself clean and shaven and whatnot. Loman is just the sort of person who's got real, real tired eyes. And like, if you were to look at him from across the room, all you'd say is, man, that is the most desperate looking person I have ever seen in my life. Yeah, that's all we got for for Loman. Uh, let's move on. Tyler, why don't you introduce us to your character? Yeah, so my character, his name is Smoke. He's He's kind of like a he's a very well built but also small framed man got a sort of a long goatee he wears like curved brim hat that's sort of like got like a plaid texture up on top and uh, he's got a set of overalls that he keeps and he usually keeps to himself he's kind of like a bit of a recluse which sort of helped him when the blight happened and everything sort of hit the fan he's a bit of a tinkerer He's uh likes to get his hands dirty though he's not necessarily like well versed in any one thing. He's kind of a jack of all trades. 
He is uh, – oh, wait. I keep that to myself. <laughs> that is the end of this sentence. <laughs> All right. Uh, wait. Well, Smoke is – is Smoke latent? Oh, that is something I tell? <laughs> okay. <laughs> yes, he is latent. <laughs> uh, all right. So in the setting, the zombie virus is problematic because it works like a real virus. So some people are weirdly immune and some people are asymptomatic car- carriers. So if you are latent, uh, you're infected with the zombie virus meaning you have creepy black veins and you're kind of sickly and you can intern other people into zombies, but it didn't kill you and you have no desire to eat people. So you you look really gross and everyone hates and fears you, but takers really like you because you're the guy that can go punch the zombies and not worry about turning into a monster because it can't get worse. Yeah, you also look super gross. Yeah, when I said he has that uh, sort of long goatee, it's more of like a very unkept Fu Manchu at this point because everything <laughs> just keeps falling out in patches oh. and no one has the heart to tell him. Oh, man. <laughs> nice. With that, let's uh, let's go to Stephen Kropa. Right. Stephen, uh, what's, what's your character? My character is McStuffins. He is a doctor. I see him. He's about, you know, late the middle 30s. He's got two kids. <laughs> he does. Uh, <laughs> uh, he's got a beard. He's crafted. He, he wears suspenders. And, you know, still wears a button-up shirt, uh, like the only person who does, like he still does that. He's crafted his own kind of lab coat, whatever, uh, not a lab, a doctor coat. Uh, <laughs> um, it, he found a white coat, but it didn't go quite all the way down, so then he took a shower curtain okay. inside that, so on the bottom of it, it's just like kind of ducks. But it, but it, 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 you get what he's going for. It, it yeah, looks like and that. hey, those yeah. shower curtains are antimicrobial, exactly. so that's got to be hard. Uh, he's looking real professional. Yeah, I want him to treat my wounds. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, he's got a beard. Uh, he kind of he's kind of following the like how Darren Aronofsky directs. So, like he just stops cutting his hair and beard while something's going <laughs> on. So he stopped that as well. So he's got he puts his hair back and he's got you know a beard, a, a kind of a long beard, and he's also immune. Ooh, good for him. Uh, So that would be something he should definitely keep uh, under wraps because they like to cut those people apart and research cures. So you can be sold. Uh, So that is something to keep quiet if you are immune. All right. Uh, Forget. (laughs) And that is the end of that sentence. (laughs) Finally, let's let's move on to Ross Payton. Ross, uh, who are you going to be playing for us this week? Uh, I will be playing Greasy. He is uh, a tall, gangly man with a uh, thick beard and unkept hair. His mechanics jumpsuit is patched. Over, it's more duct tape than suit at this point, and he doesn't seem to notice that. He is uh, obviously a mechanic and fix-it man, uh, also with a shotgun, though. So he also kind of just kind of stares out in the middle distance quite a fair bit. In game terms, he's a, a roach, which means I can spin my humanity to assist skill checks, so I can just go a little crazier <laughs> to make sure I succeed at something. Uh, <laughs> that's a guy you want yeah. watching your back mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> um and so yeah he is kind of just a twitchy sort of scavenger uh out there seems like you've got competition for the kid killing role in the party <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah the vital kid killing role. it's a sweet game uh, they're small yeah, you don't have to swing very hard <laughs> God. <laughs> you just can't survive the apocalypse without a kid killer. Yeah, yeah. Can't emphasize that enough. Yeah. Can't have an and apocalypse. It's a niche. A you know. The fact that Hollywood won't depict that is makes them cowards. Yeah, makes them cowards. <laughs> the liberal media yeah. suppressing our. Yeah. All right. Uh, we have to keep their numbers in check. You know that's. <laughs> okay, so your crew, uh, you're part of the Moths. Uh, you are all in the enclave called Troutfit, so named because those are the letters that survived in Trout Outfitters, a uh, massive outdoors store in which many people took refuge during the loss and the crash as as uh, you uh, got left behind, behind the border. And uh, Troutfit has a lot of varying neighborhoods. Uh, it's basically split between uh, the Armory, which is the you know massive hunting store in which all of the guns were located, and uh, you know the other places uh, that would have been in a large outdoor outfitter store. So you've got uh, you know basically the textile kind of clothing area. You've got a gigantic indoor showroom for boats that have been turned into like a refugee city and this is where you're located out of so to be clear takers can make a subsistence living 
inside of a enclave. Like you can be the guy that you know cleans out the latrines, or you could be the guy that sews things, or you can work on farming or something like that. But as takers, you're not really content to spend the rest of your life working for like a bare minimum of rations. And, and waiting for people to save you. So you've all agreed to band together and search for jobs that are extremely dangerous so that you may one day afford to get yourselves and your family out of this. So at the beginning of every job of uh, Red Markets, uh, I actually have four or five scenarios you can run because uh, scenarios are barely a thousand words long. So I don't know what you're going to run tonight. You guys have to find a job and you have to bid for it. Um, so the first part of Red Markets is figuring out what your best price is going to be, what you want to do, and establishing a price for it. So the way you do that is just called prep work. So you can ask basic questions like uh, what jobs are available. And once you know about a job, you can ask what does it basically entail or how much is it worth or things like that. And any skill on your character sheet that would get you that information that you can make a case for, that's fine for you to roll it. So if you've got uh, Ubix specs and you can get on their limited Wi-Fi, you can see if somebody's been chatting on the forums. You could use networking to see if your friends have heard anything. You could persuade someone to tell you about something. You could shake a random hobo and he tells you about a job Mm -hmm. and use intimidate. Whatever you want to make a case for, you could make a case for and roll to see if you get the information. Cool. Yeah. All right. Any ideas from the party? Uh, well, I mean, the first thing is just, I think, is just ask around to see what kind of jobs are available. So if anyone has networking, you can just make a networking check and just you're just asking random people, hey, have you heard of any work around here? Or you check, you know, not Craigslist, essentially. Uh, so I got a networking of one. Does anything, anyone have anything better? I have zero, so I have one as well. And it doesn't have to be networking. You could do almost anything. Uh, research, uh, awareness, like you see somebody uh, <laughs> talking about a job, you could find the competition first and follow them around and try and snake it from them. Anything you could think of that would find you work would be fine. I, so I've got a really solid persuasion. Is there anybody that like I would know general knowledge, like usually has some work flowing in and out? Yeah, definitely. There's a lot of people around the Enclave. So you could talk to Bill Baxter, the conservative talk radio host who uh, runs the Armory, the militia crew. Uh, he runs a big part of the Enclave, so he always knows where there's work around. Okay. He sounds like a piece of work. Yeah. <laughs> I think for my prep work, I will be going to Bill Baxter. All right. Bill is in the top staircase of the armory, the gun case, as they call it, uh, as it is literally made of guns welded together into a staircase. And it is a extravagant Second Amendment, you know, cathedral. But it's where he sort of holds court over the armory as they, you know, refill bullets with gunpowder and, you know, test their various weapons. You know, he, he greets you. He's like, Loman, uh, what do you want again? Baxter, <laughs> it's so great to see you. Really love what you've done with the place. Gotta gotta point out, third step, still a little bit unstable. Someone could hurt themselves. We we wouldn't want that. Anyway, just you know, trying to do my part. And I put together a crew recently. And let me tell you, Baxter, these boys they're ready to go. All right, they they want to see action. And I, I keep telling him, you know, I'm going to give you a job when it's the right job. And the person who can give me the right job, that's you, Baxter. I, I think I think we both know you've got something. There have been mumblings and rumblings around the survivor community that you're working on something. And let me tell you, Loman wants to be a part of it. All right. Roll Persuade. So what you're going to do is you're going to add your skill to your black number. You want your black number to be above your red number. Okay. If you get if you get doubles, tell me. Yes. I rolled a 10 and I rolled a 1 on my red. So... Oh, he is, he's persuaded. Well, Lomana, uh, I always respect you. I respect a man who wears a suit even when times are tough. You look good. You don't let it get your appearance down like you, these other slobby fellows. And I, I have a special job that's coming up. As you know, we're preparing to build the expansion across the parking lot. Uh, it's going to be a serious effort. Taker crews are involved in guarding the construction people as we fence off the highway to it. And it's it's going to be quite an effort. But I need a crew to do a special job Oh yeah, uh, in town. But, you know, we've had to subcontract this out. So you wouldn't be dealing with me. But uh, I, I'll let you know, uh, there's a man in town, uh, he goes by the name of Mr. Tycho, 
don't think it's his real name, but he he's come in from the recession and he's got a he's got a strange task for you, but it's very necessary for the expansion. Uh, and I, I think uh, an upstanding American like yourself would be perfect for the job. You'll have to bid for it, okay? So, you know, he's trying to get best bottom dollar. It is capitalism, by the way. We wouldn't want it any other way. <laughs> no, uh, of no course not. Of course not. Why, <laughs> why rebuild society in a way that benefits all people? Just benefit <laughs> the right people. That's, that's what Ann Rand would say, isn't it? Yes. I, I think I think I got the perfect crew for this. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna track down this Tycho. I'm gonna nail this job, Baxter. Thank you. Anytime, Loman. Keep looking sharp. Loman tips his uh, fedora. You can see the sweat <laughs> draining from around his face as he uh, like goes down the stairs and uh, does trip on that third step <laughs> on his way out. All right, so that's my prep work. Yeah, everyone can do one prep work action. Oh, uh, And okay. then you can decide what you want to commit to once you have... Uh, so subsequent prep work could be deciding, I want to know more about this job before I go into it so you can see what its possible elements are. You could see what its starting price is. Uh, so that's where you start in negotiations and try and move up to get more. Or you could see who your competition for that job is. So who else is trying to bid for it? Okay. So, Or you could just find a new job. So you have one job you could ask follow-up questions about, or you could just see what else is on the table. So I think Smoke is going to... Smoke, I guess, already has a reputation of kind of being an intimidating dude just from, like just general outward appearance being latent and all. So he's actually going to take this opportunity to try and, and intimidate some of the local ruse people that he doesn't necessarily think so highly of to try and get a little bit more information about this Mr. Tycho and maybe some of the competition that he works with. Okay, yeah. So who do you want to talk to about that? Who who does who does Smoke not like? Okay, so smoke, and this is kind of like would be in the back storage area of the trout fit. Wait, trout fit, trout fit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so this would be in the back storage area of the trout fit, where you have your takers who are probably on the more lax end of things, just kind of like lazing about, and they don't want to be found by other people actually doing work. So he goes back there, and then he meets up with this guy that he regularly shakes down for more information. Uh, he's a dude who goes by the alias of Sink Job. <laughs> and uh, Sink Job is just this good-for-nothing dude, except for some reason he's got his ear to the ground almost at all times. He knows <laughs> just about everything that goes in, in and out of the trout fit. He kind of sneaks up behind Sink Job and, uh, and then just gives him a real firm push forward. Hey, man, I heard that you were... Uh, I heard that you were dealing with uh, Mr. Tycho, new man in town. What's that all about? Sink. All right, roll intimidate. Okay. Uh, okay. So, so you're gonna add your you're gonna add your skill to your black, and then if you get doubles, tell me which what they are. So black nice. is nine plus one intimidate. So that's ten, and then the red is one. All right, there you go. Uh, you succeed. So sink uh, job. Uh, so turns uh, around. Oh, 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 smoke. Sorry, I didn't see you there. Uh, so let me take my jacket off because you touched it and it's infectious. But please don't come closer. I'll tell you tell you whatever you want. Hey, 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 uh, hey, hey! Nobody's got to touch anybody. All right, as long as we provide some information that we might be looking for. In that moment, Smoke does like a very, very quick like jab out with his tongue, kind of like a lizard, because <laughs> <laughs> that's one of the the quirks that bestows upon you when you're latent. <laughs> Okay. Uh, Sink job is disconcerted by that, as would most people when people lizard tongue them, even before the zombies came. So he goes, "Oh yeah, I know all about him. He's a big suit guy. He came in on a helicopter. Uh, he's got a he's got a hardcore PMC crew protecting him. Uh, I think he's going to go back. Uh, I you know I don't think he's uh, I don't think he's kind of guy who has to worry about breaking quarantine, right? I think the government looks the other way. He's got he's got a lot of money. Uh, Sink. He's, gonna, he's you know, Sink. Is he working with anybody else? Uh, no, 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 no. They they won't let him work with everybody else. I think I think he's uh I think he's the fixer. I think he works for the client. Uh, I think the client uh uses him to make deals, and the client's making demands. Like he's got uh those guys are hardcore. They got fully automatic stuff. They got they got uh they got the they got the body armor. They got the night vision. They're they're well kitted out. I don't know why he wouldn't use them, but apparently the the clients have like other demands. They want to they want to go local. Uh, so uh, I I don't know I don't know, but he's got to do what they say. He's he's uh he he's running by what they say. That's all I know. Mm, so he's going for that fresh farmer's market feel. All right. Gotcha, gotcha. Local home and grown. All right, Sink. Well, I guess that means 
there's not too much competition going on, but uh, how about uh, you give me them shoes? <laughs> <laughs> and he takes Sick Job's shoes. Sick, sick Job gives you his shoes. Right. <laughs> nice work. All right. <laughs> there are bullies even in the zombie apocalypse. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, so you could see if there's uh, anybody else bidding for the Tyco job. Uh, you could see if uh, what the base price for it is. Yeah, I'd like uh, to. Or you, or you could find out a completely different job and see if you wanted to pursue that instead. I'll just keep. I like this Tyco guy. That sounds interesting. <laughs> he sounds. But... Yeah, he sounds like our type of people. Yeah, <laughs> but I, uh, I want to <laughs> do some. Re- I have a pretty high research uh, of three as a doctor. I'm smart. I'm a smarter. Uh, <laughs> um, so I'd like to just do some research on what the, like, if I can drum up any info on like what the job actually is or what it's going to pay or like that kind of stuff. Yeah. There are public journals and cool. profit. So, uh, Great. roll research. All right. I have to pick, I'm, that will be black. So, uh, yeah, add, add to your black and then tell me if you have doubles. I have doubles. Oh wait. Uh, uh, double before, evens or odds before I add or after, uh, if they land double. Yes. Uh, so they land a double, what they land on? Four. All right. Double evens is a critical success. Hey! Uh, that was almost get, disastrous. Yeah. <laughs> uh, if you get double odds, that's a crit fail. Uh, okay. So with okay. a critical success, you find both pieces of information. So, Great. Nice. So I uh, come out of, I've made my little doctor's office in a Build-A-Bear workshop. Uh, it's the closest <laughs> thing to like a medical area that we would have. And you know what? Since it's critical, I'm going to just do this. Uh, McSuffins goes out to the railing and goes, Hey, anybody got any information on this job for Tycho? <laughs> you do? Strong research kill. I know when my English teacher taught me to do my first research paper, the first thing we did was shout at the library yeah. uh, for people to bring it to us. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh, yes, many people come, uh, Great. thinking you're offering medical service, but foolhardily tell you before you actually stitch them up. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh, you find that the Tyco job is being offered, uh, at Black Gate, Red Nine. Uh, so the black die, uh, represents the, the demand of the good and the nine, uh, indicates the supply. Uh, so basically this is a highly contested job. A lot of people want to do it. Uh, and he, cause he's, uh, he has a lot of money to offer. Um, so you're going to start off at pretty high level. You're going to start off at 17 bounty, which is the currency of the game. Um, and you're going to move up from there in negotiations. So that's pretty high as 20 is the highest you can start negotiations at. But as a result, there's a lot of competition for the job. And the number one uh, people you have to worry about are the American snipers. Uh, so they are a crew of special ops guys that did not uh, obey evacuation orders. And as they are uh, goddamn American heroes, according to Bill Baxter, they are preferred providers in, in uh trout fit so they're the main people you need to worry about trying to undercut and snake the job from beneath you so in game terms now that you know the american snipers are on the track when it comes to negotiation one of you can use your scam action to try and sabotage them like maybe their canteens are full of laxatives now and they can't go out or maybe you've you know ran a smear campaign against their brand you have that option now that you know who's who's gunning for your job Okay. Cool. Okay. Uh, so Ross, you could find uh, the last job, or you could skip your prep action now that you know everything about this job. It's up to you. <laughs> no, I mean I, I I might as well find out what we're missing on. Let's take a look. I have awareness of two, so could I just sit and listen and eavesdrop on people to find out what else is going on? Just greasy. Yeah, that works out. Sitting uh, in his houseboat, watching the people pass by, being kind of creepy. Mm-hmm. Sh- uh, you know, it, scratching his head as the lice fall out. Shampoo's expensive. Don't 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 judge him. Uh, but well, that didn't matter. Black six, red eight, and my awareness is two, so that ties. So that goes to the market. Uh, well, this is actually good. Okay. Uh, so ties do go to the market, but if you fail on an activity in red markets in which time is not a factor, mm. like if you fail to dodge the zombie, he eats you. But if you fail to find out information, you still have time to find it out. So rather than roll endlessly, you need to get help. So in red markets, you can tap a reference, which is that blank sheet, uh, those blank lines on your character mm-hmm. sheet. And those are people that like you enough to talk to you, but not they don't like you enough to do something for you for free. 
free. So if you tap a reference, you're basically spending money or promising money to succeed on a roll. Uh, so you're basically hurting your overhead for the job. You'll make less profit uh, if you want to succeed, but you can basically just role play a short scene and that character will give you what you need in the time-sensitive scenario. So do you want to do that or do you want to save your money? Well, actually, I forgot. Uh, since I'm a roach, though, I can spend my humanity after I make a skill check, right? So you want to go crazy <laughs> yeah. as you're watching people just <laughs> <laughs> sweating bug-eyed yeah. outside your houseboat? Yep, basically. Okay. Uh, spin. I will spend a detachment to raise that up to a nine over eight. So, yeah. Yeah, so you're you're not seeing what you're looking for, uh, and that frustration reminds you of the massacre from your last enclave. And as your eyes bug out and you begin being very sweaty, you notice that uh, a woman very sensibly starts shuffling away from you in fear as she moves down the aisles of the houseboat apartment block. But she is covered in really nice gear. Like, she looks like a, uh, a mall ninja would be the term, a person who likes guns and tactical gear and they add too much of it. She has a gun with like three laser sights and a scope on it and a uh, tactical vest with, you know, reactive camouflage. And she she doesn't look like she belongs here, but she is wandering around. And, and then eventually she goes to one of the areas controlled by the armorer guys, the guys who work for Baxter, and is held off away from the public. And she shuffles back there. So, you know, she'd only be here if she was looking for someone to give work. Uh, and she needs something done. And she's definitely recession folk. Uh, she looks a little too nice and well kept for the loss. Okay. So I guess meet up with Loman. You know, you know, if we don't like this taco guy, there's a, a, a woman person with money, a gun, something. I don't know. She wants, she, she doesn't belong here. She must have money and no sense. And maybe we do something for her. It's a good her. vague lead. It's a really good vague lead. <laughs> her gun has, right. her gun is more laser sight than gun. I think that's the only one like that uh yeah but she probably has money you talk to people talk to her Uh, or not i don't know (laughs) hey hey no that's good that's good that's good you know the bidding process that that we got uh we've got we've got eyes and ears on this smoke smoke brought us some good information the doc brought us the rest of the information i think i think we're ready to move forward and strike on this the problem is fellas it's those american snipers again this would be the fifth time they'd snaked us. We can't let them keep doing this. I would be very glad to just pick one of them off piece by piece, but no one seems to have any sniper rifles around. I can't aim my gun at long distances. Hey, hey, <laughs> you know, they're they're American heroes. That's unignorable. Right, they say they're American heroes, all right? They say that enough times people start believing them. Where is their where are their charts, where are their records, where are their you know, debriefings? I, 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 they're not on trial here, all right? They're not on trial here, yeah, right, but fine. we do need to take this job from them. We need to get this job, guys. Gilly's been on my ass, okay? Oh, <laughs> hey. oh man. No, right. no look, right. Sorry, look, man. look, look. I got a younger brother at home. He's injured, and I got, you know, I got Leanne to look after. You know that. You got too many people in your life. Cut it, cut the fat, man. Hey, we all have people <laughs> in our lives, okay? Hey, hey that's s- the American dream, all right? Yeah. Everybody wants an elderly mother, a wife, and a good-for-nothing brother, and I can have that. I can have it all. I, I have a spouse. I just want to throw that out there. She eats beans. <laughs> no, we know. We, See? Yeah. Yeah. We, we know See, about Greasy has greasy a spouse. Yeah. And I have my children. Yeah. Wes, named after Wes Bentley, and Philomena, named after the film Philomena. <laughs> I haven't seen that, and uh, I'm waiting until we're not desperate to live oh. to watch it. It's delightful. I don't think it exists I, it, it anymore. It touches on some. I can't wait. I've heard really good things. I think they burned all the copies. I could do. I could do it right now. No, guys... please, no, please. Don't. So it opens with not, Steve no, 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 no. All right. He takes one of those shoes and he throws it at the duck. All right, guys, That's the American shoes. snipers, these are not people that, that back down easy, okay? They're going to know that there's a lot of money behind this job. We've got all the information. Right now, we hold all the cards. We don't know what they're working with. They could be bluffing, all right? How do we make them back out of this job? You're in a – I assume you're going for that job. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. 
So uh, at this point, you're entering negotiation. So the way negotiation works is that I find in RPGs, you know, there can be some paralysis by analysis when you're coming up with a plan. The way negotiation works is kind of like a Ocean's Eleven movie. So um, one person's going to go in there and be the negotiator. And then in between uh, little snippets of conversation as you guys negotiate, uh, we're going to find out what the rest of the crew has done before or during the negotiation to help the negotiator out. We're going to go non-linear here because, I mean, you're the moths. You live here. This is is your house. You know the loss better than these tourists. You can manipulate the best price. But Mr. Tycho, the guy you're going to be negotiating with, will be uh, pushing downwards. So uh, that link I threw up on there. Um, that's the negotiation rules. All right. I've got them pulled up here. Yeah, so if you see those little zeros, those are going to represent our dice. Uh, and the goal is to move it up. So if you're black, that's you, Loman. Mm-hmm. Uh, you want to move up because that raises the price up. Okay. Uh, whereas Mr. Tycho is going to go down because he wants a discount. Um, and when you start intersecting, you're going to start pushing each other around. So you're going to be engaged in verbal combat. Okay. Uh, basically, you're, you're socially manipulating to get the best possible price um, by doing that. So, for instance, if you want to get the price up and you have a high persuade, like you said, mm-hmm. you would want to persuade us that your crew is the best for the job. So you would make your case for that. Uh, Loman would respond, and then we cut away to the scams of uh, your various uh, teammates, uh, so they see what they're doing to help out. Now, the way your teammates can help out is they can learn Tycho's spots, so they can do research to find what the flaws are in his personality that you can exploit, which are the same as the spots on your character sheet, uh, which are like your weak spot is a character flaw that you can't resist. Your soft spot is a character virtue, but there's no such thing as a character virtue in a zombie apocalypse. It's another weakness. And a tough spot is some specific thing he needs for the job. So you'll be doing these negotiations in the room. Then it will cut away to one of your crew members. They're going to be doing things before you ever walked in there to teach you what the leverage is on this guy. Or since you know who the competition is, their scam action can be getting those damn American snipers out of the picture so they don't undercut your cost. If they don't undercut your cost, you can move up without ever fear, and once you end negotiations, you're good. Uh, if you learn a spot, if you get a success on your persuasion roll, you can move two spaces up the ladder instead of one because uh, you're exploiting his personality to make a bigger jump. So basically, uh, it starts off with the negotiation. You're going to walk into a room in the back area reserved for the armorist and held by Baxter, but there's not the armorist right there. There's a bunch of you know very scary-looking PMC gentlemen uh, that look like they could do the job even better than you, but they want you for some reason. And there's a man in a very nice suit. Like, not a suit I've been wearing in the zombie apocalypse. Like a <laughs> Seville Row, uh, beautiful suit and sunglasses, uh, sitting at a desk uh, waiting for you to enter. So as the negotiator, you could choose if you would like to make the first move. So basically, you would just role play in such a way that would cater to a skill you want to roll. So if you want to persuade say something persuasive. If you want to intimidate him that he's going to get a shitty deal if he doesn't go with you, roll intimidation. If you want to lie and say, I am uh, can actually suit eye lasers and kill zombies with my mind, <clears throat> you could roll deception. Uh, you just want to role play to whatever you want to, want to roll your dice to. Uh, and I will let you choose whether you go first or he goes first. Let's, let's do the eye laser thing. You want, we want yeah. to do that? Let's, let's just do the eye laser. Let's you know, just... I do have an okay deception, but I am better at persuasion by one. I also have leadership, Ooh, um, okay. but I think the situation calls for persuasion. So Loman walks in there. He hangs his hat up on something that is not a hat rack um <laughs> it's probably because this is happening in like baxter's area it's probably like an ak you that's put it on the barrel the of one of the pmc guys guns he's confused <laughs> why don't you hang on to that for me for a minute uh tycho as the moniker is nice to meet you they call me loman here and i have a great deal for you because i'm offering my outfit the moths for this job You might not have uh, heard of the moths because we're an outfit that is very specialized. We only take on a specific client, uh, someone that we like to work with because we think they're interesting. There are a lot of people out here who are desperate for anything, but I think you'll find the moths are a little bit more professional. We are the only operation in the loss 
that operate off of a Sigma-6 standard, okay? <laughs> and that's something you can hold me to. Well, I'm very glad to hear that, Mr. Loman. A lack of synergy and poor project management, I imagine, must have delirious consequences when one is facing monsters born out of the collective unconscious. Uh, it's reassuring to understand that you have learned from the civilization that long ago left you behind. Uh, so at this point, you would roll uh, and tell me what you get. Again, right. you want to add to you add your persuasion to your black. Hey, another good roll for me. Ah, uh, well, sort of good. So. I did beat my red, but I... That's all you need. Oh, great. Uh, there's no amount. Uh, so it's, if black is higher than red, you succeed. Hey, hey. red right. is equal or not, you don't succeed. And then the doubles are crit success and crit failures, and otherwise, you don't worry. So I'm going to move the dice, so you move up. But clients are competent, so they always move at least one. Uh, so if you have to push them, you need to get sway. You need to get leverage and learn spots. Your leader of the moths, of course, you know, this isn't your first rodeo. So you've already instructed your crew to go out and sabotage competition so you're the only game in town. You could alter the supply demand of it. So it's black eight, red nine. So if you brought de- supply down, like scared people off from taking the job, or if you made the demand for uh, takers even higher, could adjust. you could basically inside trader on the cost, or you could uh, learn a spot to give to your negotiator so he has more leverage in the future. All right, guys, what are you thinking of? So I think I would like to sabotage the... American snipers? Is that the mm-hmm. yeah, yeah American yes. snipers? I would like to try and like disrupt their flow of communication so they don't even hear about this this job offering until maybe it's too late to uh, try and get a better negotiation for for like price uh, to try and undercut us. Okay, what skill do you think you could dissuade them with? Can I just go ahead and say that I'm going to try and get in an unarmed. <laughs> confrontation with like their head of intel like whoa <laughs> or just like the, their their radio man like bump into him and like and just pick a fight and i knock him out yeah but we'll see how that scene goes this of course happened before loman ever entered the room right yes uh yeah. so if they have an injured man of course they're not going to be able to uh go out on a job uh you go to the fountainhead the uh randian bar <laughs> God, uh, located yeah. in trafet you sidle up to get a beer uh because all of the labels have fallen off the bottles and you can't get more um so can it I, works like movies can i just uh, say that like this bar has like a live jazz element but since we're like x amount of years into this blight it's just like one snare drum with one drumstick and then a cello with one string and they're just trying they're just making the best they're doing the best they can (laughs) yeah it's like the birdman soundtrack uh (laughs) it's good so you sidle up to the bar radar's there he hates the name he's actually quite buff and manly but you know everyone knows what mash is so they call him radar uh he's having a drink he doesn't even notice you uh so how are you starting this off are you going to have like a pretense of it being a regular bar fight are you just going to like pro wrestling hit him with a chair or something so i'm gonna say that moke was going to be in the bar before radar like radar he closes out all of his days by coming to this bar so smoke is going to be waiting for him and smoke has not touched any alcohol but as soon as like radar walks in smokes puts up the front that like he's been drinking pretty heavily he like waits a little bit and once Radar has had a couple drinks himself, Smoke is going to try and just like quasi casually leave the bar, but he's going to like stumble heavy into Radar and sort of knock him off his booth. And then Smoke is going to sort of, uh, what, what you doing, man? Why are you coming at me? And he's going to try and like just start like an innocent bar fight with him. Yeah, just an innocent <laughs> bar fight. Yeah. All right. Uh, roll deception to see if he believes you, your, your ruse. Uh, do you mm. have anything in deception? Um, oh man, I no. I guess I. All right. I was, well, uh, I you have can roll intimidation. Uh, okay, uh, you could roll intimidation. That would work. Yeah. With it. Yeah, you're it intimidatingly you <laughs> drunk and mean. Okay. All right. So. You still have a uh, sink job's shoes tied around your neck. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I do. <laughs> one, one shoe. shoe. <laughs> I one have shoe the other one. Black. Oh, that's red. Okay. 
Oh no! Oh no! <laughs> uh, okay, so Buddy. Uh, with the with my add on one, it's going to be three for black, nine for red. So I think that is a failure. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, in this instance, uh, you can't call somebody to have a bar fight for you, so a reference wouldn't work. But you okay. do have will points, so that last uh, thing on your character sheet, uh, and that's the meta game mechanic. So if you spend a will point, you get to flip a die. But that's all you get for the game unless you uh, go into trouble for one of your spots. Oh, so I only get one chance to do that? Uh, You get one chance to do that per game unless you pursue one of your spots. So, like, what's your your spot? I've got compassion is weakness, protect the next generation, and I'm... All right, so, like, if there was a uh, young child out in the lost surrounded by screaming cannibal zombies, and it would be a terrible idea to go try and save it, and you're like, screw it, smoke don't play that, and you just wade in because you've catered to your spot, you could get a point of will for that. Mm. Um, That You have to earn it, basically. Okay, Um, I'm not... So if you spend your point of will, uh, you can flip that and and be intimidated. No, I'm going to save it, and I'm just going to take the lost... So... Would it be? Did I lose the bar fight, or did I just fail to be intimidating enough? You to failed start to be intimidating. Uh, you failed to be intimidating. Uh, so he's like, "Oh, okay, sorry. Excuse me. Didn't you hear me? I said nice shoes. <laughs> no. Uh, all right. You did? Well, I don't remember you, you saying that. No, uh, this is a classic misunderstanding. I'm just gonna buy you a drink and get out of here. This is very awkward. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, don't touch it, though. You're sickly and infected yeah that's fair (laughs) (laughs) does the lizard tongue all right well there's still probably going to be competition but uh radar and smoke make friends so (laughs) that's what they're doing while you're working loban (laughs) (laughs) so you can take your next tactic to be fair uh mr taiko said all right uh it's nice that you use six sigma things like that uh so do you want to go first this round or does he want to go first it doesn't matter because you both resolve simultaneously so you can choose if you want him to talk or if you want to uh why why, why don't you have him go first well mr loman is it that's right i work for profane breed records it's one of the few recording studios still operating uh, out of the lost due in part to being located in scandinavia uh, where it's a bit too frigid for the undead. And our clients are going to be working at your enclave to uh, assist both themselves and your recent reconstruction projects. But they have certain demands in their contract, which I am in charge of fulfilling. And one of those is locally sourcing uh, any taker work necessary uh, for their needs. As I would much rather use the fine gentleman here with the submachine guns surrounding you, I am forced, according to contract, to uh, deal with amateurs like yourself. <clears throat> I see. Uh, that is no offense, of course, my friend. Uh, that is clearly the statement of somebody who has grown up in the recession. I appreciate that uh, you have confidence in your crew, and they look like they're kitted out well, but let me tell you, a gun only matters so much as a person that's behind it. Uh, As we like to say around here, guns don't kill zombies. People do. (laughs) Okay. All right. I would say that's a persuade check. Mm -hmm. Uh, All right. So you'd roll persuade. Hey, I, I, I won out again with black. All right, well, there you go. So you get to move up. Uh, he also gets to move down. So at at this point, if you're looking at the page, you see how your dice are heads up? Yeah. All right, you can't intersect until you negotiations end and you agree on a price. Okay. So the way it's going to work, he's always going to push down, and you're always going to push up if you succeed, but you won't push at all if you fail. Uh, so if you push zero and he pushes one, you'll be knocked down the ladder and he'll be pushing you. However, if you learn a spot and you get two while he gets one, you push him up to a higher price. All right, so we so got to learn a spot. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, at this point, it's about leverage. Yeah. So, Do it, Kropes. All right, uh, I would like to do that. Uh, um, I have a high research uh, thing. <laughs> that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, uh, Loman, of course, you guys knew all about this job. Right. You know, you know give me all the dirt on this guy. Yes. Uh, so yeah. <laughs> so I uh, I go down to uh, the last borders 
bookstore. Uh, still it's called for, that. It's called, yeah, The Last Borders Bookstore. Someone spray painted The Last Borders <laughs> Bookstore. And I see the woman with the with more sight than gun. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> looking, looking in the, looking in the self-help section. <laughs> and I want to go sense. up and talk to her and get, and, and, Drainer of her information. <laughs> Drainer of her information. <laughs> yep. With like a syringe? Or, huh? all right, uh, how are you doing this? With my, <laughs> with my wily charms. Uh, we uh, also do okay. have access yeah. to the internet. I don't. <laughs> do I? Yeah, I think the internet's everywhere. Like, I, I feel oh, like yeah, I have the research. It, yeah, in does. the setting, uh, we did this in the the failed game with yeah. the yeah. technical oh. difficulties. The in the setting, the the settings, not Google, basically uh, has set up what Google is currently trying gotcha. to do, which are uh, high altitude weather balloons holding Wi-Fi servers. Oh, uh, okay. Which are super cooled because they're in the freaking stratosphere, uh, so they can run at high speed and overclock and. Gotcha. You're basically in the jet stream. So, uh, you, you know, it's a zombie apocalypse, but there's still Wi-Fi, thank God. Okay. All right. um, well, then this so you could, I, you could just see yeah. what people are talking about him on the on the forums. I'm going to still go to the last border bookstore, but you know that computer <laughs> that you check to see if something's in stock? Yes. I'm yes. using that for the internet. So I'm going to go in there. I wave to the woman. She has no idea who I am, and I walk <laughs> right past her, and I start. Hacking away. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, roll, roll research then. Mm-hmm. Eight over six. All right. You yeah. make it. So you realize uh, that this Brahi guys work for something uh, called Profane Records, uh, which is a Danish company. And so as a result, he's not an American citizen, so he can't really be declared homo secor for breaking quarantine because he's not an American citizen and he's in the American version of the loss. Mm-hmm. Uh, however, he's not supposed to be there, but his concerns are not what your typical recession client would be, which is, please, please don't tell on me. I don't want to join you out here in this poverty infested hellhole. Um, his concern is he needs the best around. So he wants, uh, he wants a taker that all the other takers look up to, uh, 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 the taker exemplar, the, the best of the best. So if Loman can somehow make him seem like the Lance Armstrong of taking, uh, meaning <laughs> cheating and doing everything possible to beat mm-hmm. everybody else. Uh, <laughs> uh, he can, yeah, he can get a better, because he's not in it for like honesty. He's not in it for, uh, you know, discretion. He just wants whoever will be best at what they do. Mm-hmm. So uh, you learned his tough spot needs the Ur taker. He needs the best of the best. Uh, if you can work that into your role playing pitch, you can get plus two sway on a success. And even if you fail, you get plus one sway. So uh, if you use the spot, you can only use it once, but it's worth a plus one sway to whatever your dice roll is. Okay. So before I finish as i got the information right i slowly do a slow p- fist pump for myself and say moths <laughs> <laughs> well heroes that's it for one shot this week but don't worry we'll be back with more red markets next week in the meantime if you liked what you heard here red markets is available on kickstarter now it has already funded you are definitely going to get this game if you're interested so head over to kickstarter search for red markets or follow the link in the show notes Don't miss out on this week's Twitch stream, Thursday night at 8 p.m. Central Time. Join us at twitch.tv slash one-shot-rpg. Also, if you're looking for more gaming-based entertainment to round out your week, be sure to check out Bits on Bits by the Overshare Comedy Network, featuring myself, Alex Manich, Brett Alexander, and Dan, as we explore the Let's Play video game genre. One Shot is a proud partner in the Chicago Podcast Co-op. If you're an advertiser in Chicago looking to reach an engaged Chicago audience, be sure to contact the co-op about advertising opportunities. And if you're a listener who wants to find a new show, be sure to check out Alcoholywood. Clint, Jared, and a guest talk about one movie each week, old or new, good or bad, and create a custom cocktail and drinking game for it. I was on Alcoholywood recently talking about the much maligned 2000 Dungeons & Dragons movie. It's a lot of fun. I know you'll enjoy it. As always, a big thanks to our supporters on Patreon. If you want to help us in a non-monetary way, the best thing you can do is tell a friend about the show. You can also leave us a rating or review on iTunes. Every five-star review we get helps new people find the show. 
If you want to hear more from the show, be sure to follow us on Twitter at OneShotRPG. Look us up on Facebook at Facebook.com slash OneShotPod. Check out our Tumblr at OneShotPodcast.tumblr.com. Check out our Google Plus community. Or look for news on the site at OneShotPodcast.com. If you're looking to inquire about advertising rates, live appearances, and commissioning episodes, or you have a question or comment about something you heard on the show, contact us at GameMaster at OneShotPodcast.com. OneShot is a joint production between Peaches and Hot Sauce and Paracosm Press. Peaches and Hot Sauce is a Chicago-based comedy network with tons of great podcasts, videos, and live shows for you to check out at PeachesAndHotSauce.com. Finally, that music, which is right now swelling up over my voice, is Be Your Own Pet with Adventure, courtesy of Infinity Cat Records. See you next time, heroes. Okay.